Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Welcome to episode one of Let's Ride. I am Patrick Coyote. I will be one of your co-hosts for the show. Joining me, my other host, Super Bowl 50 champion, Broncos legend, Chris Harris Jr. Chris, how are you doing today, my man? It's so good to see you. I'm doing good, man. I'm ready. Let's ride, man. Let's have a great show and uh, let's let's plug the people with a lot of good information. Yeah, man. We're going to be talking about a lot of different topics today. It's our first episode. First, I mean, let's start off this show uh, with the current events of you know Denver sports that's going on right now. The NBA Finals yeah. in full swing. Game three is happening tonight uh, at the time of this recording. So uh, Miami tied it up on on uh, Sunday. That game was pretty crazy. How do you feel about the Nuggets going forward in these finals? I, I feel good about the Nuggets. I think uh, they just kind of had a letdown in that fourth quarter. They had a strong game the whole game. Uh, Jokic, he was uh, doing everything. Only thing I've seen in his stats that Jokic had, he had less assists. You know, he usually averages around 10 assists, eight to nine, eight to 10 assists, and he had a low amount of assists. So I seen the Heat, they wanted to make Jokic beat them, and he, he scored a lot with 41 points. But I think that's their strategy is to make Jokic put up 40, eliminate yeah. all the role players, and make them make Jokic go win the uh, championship. Yeah, that's, that's what they're going to have to do. I mean, the two time MVP, he's certainly balled out in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, really turning into one of the like must watch players in the league, which is really cool because I feel like a lot of people in Denver have seen this for years now. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I'm a Portland Trailblazers fan. So of course I've seen Jokic come up and just some of the things that he's been able to do and, and the way that he plays is absolutely insane, but it's so good for the game. Yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of people were saying that this finals was going to be boring and nobody wants yeah. to see the nuggets in the finals. It's like, now you've seen Jokic play. I mean, his performance in the Western Conference Finals, if that doesn't yeah. get you excited about basketball, I don't know what does. But now that the games are not in Denver, we are yeah. not going to be seeing Russell Wilson on uh, on the court side anymore uh, unless he goes down to Miami and he's sitting courtside down there. Wouldn't be surprised if he's down there with Sierra. But that kind of brings us into our show the broncos centric show um you know chris you weren't with denver last season um and as a broncos fan broke my heart a little bit but get your thoughts on last season and the yeah. circus that was the denver broncos um you getting that outside perspective is huge so i i just want to get your quick thoughts the yeah. lack of success last season they had all these expectations coming in after the Russell Wilson trade, the media hype, they hired Nathaniel Hackett, um, and then fell flat. From the player's yeah. perspective, that lack of success on offense, how much of a wedge can that drive between those two teams, the offense and the defense? Yeah. I think for so long that uh, we've had, we've been hiring more defensive-minded coaches. You know, I think Kubiak was the last offensive-minded coach, you know, but he brought in uh, a guy that's been a head coach as a D coordinator in Wade Phillips. 
So when you bring a new guy, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, into Denver, which is very, it, it's a very challenging place uh, from a fan's uh, aspect because you're going to have fans that are going to be hard on you. Uh, you know, it is a football town, a football state, really. You know, yeah. we know the Nuggets are balling, but the Broncos run the country. It's Broncos country, right? So uh, it's a lot of pressure with that. And when you get get a guy, Russell uh, Wilson, and you trade as much as you got, you, I mean, we sent the house to Seattle, you know. Yeah. When you send all, all those type of guys, those players and picks uh, for a guy, then you bring a offensive-minded head coach, you know, that's put up numbers that – or an offensive-minded offensive coordinator that you've seen put up numbers with Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. right? But he doesn't really have any – I can't say – really other teams or any other players where he really stands out at that I can say, okay, this guy has built his own without Aaron Rodgers, you know? So uh, it's a lot of challenging and also dealing with the AFC West. They had a lot of expectations um, that they definitely didn't meet offensively. Um, I think they do have enough weapons on the offensive side with Cortland, uh, Jerry, uh, mm-hmm. who who other attempt Tim, Tim Patrick was hurt that that hurt yeah. that hurt yeah. uh losing Tim hurt team. a lot because um Tim is really turned into the number one or number two guy uh because I thought Cortland was going to take that next step to be the yeah. clear number one but uh I can't really say that you know right yeah. now I have to say Judy's the clear number one and it's a toss-up between Cortland and Tim Patrick at yeah. that number two so um that's where I see the difference um, in the offense and what they need to take the next step will be with uh, Cortland and those receivers really taking that next step. Yeah. And hopefully we do get to see that growth with Sean Payton coming in because his, I, I mean, we think about when he took over the saints, right. And yes. they were awful. They were ranked 31st in scoring. Um, and yes. you know, they bring in Drew Brees who was, unknown you know you know like he got injured in san diego no one thought he was going to come back and play again um i know that miami was looking into to getting him as well but it was like it's kind of like a this is either going to hit big or it or it's not going to do anything it's going to flop um and and he ended up turning them around and and bringing them up to fifth and scoring um but chris i i want to go back to that that separation of the offense and defense you know the the year that the broncos won super bowl 50 Peyton Manning, clearly, you know, towards the twilight of his career, I know he was dealing with the plantar fasciitis, um, which was it was very obvious that there were struggles. uh, But the offense still had all of these stars and you had DT, you had Emmanuel Sanders, um, you had uh, uh, CJ Anderson was playing at a really high level at that time. And the offensive line was still very good. So it was like the offense should be doing you know, should be picking up most of the slack, but that defense was so dominant. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about the difference between that situation where the offense was struggling, but not to the point where it was like almost debilitating. Uh, and, yeah. and then this last season with the Broncos, what kind of issues do you think could stem from this, yeah. the, the offense performing that bad? And then the defense having to, pick up the slack yeah. game after game after game man that super bowl year we didn't we, uh that was our first time having games like that really in my career you know every game went to the wire you know yeah. every yeah. game and um peyton not throwing you know i think he almost led the league in interceptions 
yep. uh, that year. So we were struggling a little bit on offense, uh, but we we knew that on defense that we were the best. We knew that as long as we uh, uh, eliminate the uh, the other team from scoring, force turnovers, we'll give our offense a chance. And Peyton eventually, by the fourth quarter, eventually he'll figure it out and and and, and bring us home. So that was kind of our mindset um, as Peyton retired. And a lot of our defenders uh, continued to stay there. And, you know, the offense kept, you know, it kind of got worse and worse as as we, as we I was there. Yeah. And I think uh, Justin, he might still, you know, still still be feeling a little bit of those effects, <laughs> you know, uh, since he's still there. He's been there probably the longest now. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it, it can't weigh down on you. And mm-hmm. when, you, when you see guys that are supposed to be the staple guy and not put those um, – not have that production uh, i mean guys do look we'll look at you a little sideways you know it does happen yeah. but that's part of the nfl i think um that that's something that with sean payton he's gonna eliminate all that you know yeah. he's a master teacher with that i think he's a master in team building from what i've been hearing from other guys uh, i don't think that's gonna be an issue uh with this team and i think that's why you bring in a guy uh like sean payton that has experience that's won a championship, you know, that, you know, he's going to put up points. So I don't really, and he will take the blame, you know, Mm -hmm. he's, um, he's, uh, this is really helpful for Russell Wilson because he has a guy, I'm not saying Hackett didn't take the blame, but Sean Payton will take all the blame really when it comes to the offense. I've seen him do that a bunch of times with Drew Brees. And Mm -hmm. so I think um, they, I think this offense will suit him a lot better. Yeah, accountability is a big thing that Sean Payton is pushing in that locker room for sure. I mean, yeah. we've already seen the changes that's been made as far as media availability and and uh, just the folk like keeping the focus right. So, with that being said, you know, is was Russell Wilson too much last season? Like, as far as the you know the the let's ride, uh, you know, the whole slogan and the videos and the media and stuff. Like, do you think he was a little too much? as far as uh, just that putting himself out there in the locker room sense? I mean, I think that's just his personality. You know, he's he's always been a fairly open guy. You know, you see him. He's always been on commercials and, you know. Mr. Um, Un- a, a guy that's always with the media. You know what I mean? So that's who he is. So yeah. I'm not going to say that um, he did too much because that's who he is and we're in a age of markability. So that's, yep. that's how you brand yourself, you know, and he's done a great job of being able to brand himself off the field and on the field. And so it's, it's, it's hard to uh, say anything negative about a guy like Russell Wilson is that except here in Denver in Broncos country, you know, we put a, we have a lot of pressure on that quarterback and we, yeah. when you're getting paid at that, that same level and um, you're, you are out there in the media, we expect you to produce Yep. And that's just always been the uh, that's always been the, the, what I always felt when I played in Denver. Yeah, is that if you're going to be out here and uh, you know out there Super social media wise <laughs> on the commercials, you know you better be that guy that's in there producing. So yeah, that was always the standard for us. Yeah, well, I mean, John Elway did it. You know, when he was he was the quarterback of the Broncos. I mean, I'm sure people have bought cars from a John Elway dealership yeah. in their lifetimes. And then of course, Peyton Manning coming in and, and him just being the mega star that he is. Uh, it, it's definitely, yeah, I, I can feel for Russell Wilson a bit. And, and I definitely did feel for him last year. It's a lot of pressure, man. Uh, and understanding how Broncos country works, all of the pressure yeah. is on that guy taking the snap. So 
going to let, let's transition here. You've talked a, a bit about Sean Payton um, and, and the Broncos made the decision uh, this last year to fire Nathaniel Hackett. I thought it was the right call. Uh, just a lot of things that we were hearing coming out of there. And then there was, of course, uh, the athletic article that dropped um, where they kind of went more in depth about his process and his game planning process. And it just didn't feel like he was ready, um, which is okay. That's fine. With the pressure of the new ownership group, the pressure of the Russell Wilson trade, they decided to go in a different direction and they hired Sean Payton. There was a long drawn out process. It was very dramatic. People were creating conspiracy theories about his tie that he was wearing when he was on Fox. Mm -hmm. uh, so Sean Payton is the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. Uh, I, you were in New Orleans um, for a brief yeah. stop. He was not the head coach, but you were there with a lot of people that did have Sean Payton as their head coach. Um, can you give yeah. me a little bit of insight into some of the things that you heard from other players or maybe staff around the, uh, the organization that, you know, ab about the type of person and the type of coach that Sean Payton is. Yeah. I mean, they all loved them, you know, all those guys, you know, from the top players, you know, uh, to the very bottom, you know, that had them, they all loved them from the guys I spoke to, especially the DBs, you know, even though he's an offensive minded coach, even the guys on the defense loved him because they know that he was going to put the offense in the best play, yeah. Uh, you know, try to uh, he's going to challenge them in practice, but he always kept it uh, high spirited, and that's what they that's what we need. You know, that's what I think uh, is going to be great for the team. Uh, a guy that's done it, you know, he's proven, uh, he's a proven champion. He's yeah. been a proven uh, team builder. So I think that was the obvious number one pick, number one choice. I think uh, for any franchise should have been Sean Payton. Uh, to take over the reign. So I, uh, Denver definitely hit a home run with that. And it's going to be an interest, interesting season because mm. in that AFC West, you know, it's you got Coach Staley, you got Justin Herbert, you got Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Uh, the Raiders, uh, I don't really like what the Raiders, the, uh, their moves so far this year, but, yeah. uh, you know, there's, it's still going to, they're still, they're still a rival game. Yeah. Right. It's yeah, still yeah. a 50 50 game. Still, you know? still lost both games to him last year. Yeah, it's still a rival yeah. game, you know, and uh, so those the AFC West is always a challenge, and it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of competition. Yeah. So, how do you think with this hire, uh, speaking specifically about the players that are there, how do you think that this hire is going to affect uh, some of these these key Broncos players? Like, I think about Sean Payton's effect on a Justin Simmons or a Pat Sertan or a Russell Wilson. You know, I I think. That's the one that everybody is so concerned about is the Russell Wilson, yeah. Sean Payton one. But outside of that, there's all these other players that are on the Broncos that are, are very talented who just needed that extra step. How do you think that Sean Payton is going to affect those guys who really need that motivation and that push? Yeah. Oh, man, because uh, he demands uh, your best every time you go out there. So there's it's it's great for a guy like Patrick Sertan, you know, to be able to go against a, a Sean Payton offense every day, who's looking yeah. to try to exploit you, you know, and be able to go against um, a guy with uh, with um, who, who was I thinking of Justin, yeah. being able to have him in the back end with him. Th these are going to be huge, uh, confident builders because now you have a coach that you believe in. You you know that he's won before. 
And uh, especially on the defensive side, you need that uh, with the way. I think, were they still top 10? I know they were top five, yeah. top 10 defensive. Top 10. So, um, and they didn't lose a lot of players. So no. you expect to have a great defense next year. And and my mindset, if I'm Justin or if I'm a certain, is doing doing whatever I can to make sure that on my side of the ball, we take care of business. We can close games. Uh, and that's it. Because sometimes it doesn't matter what you rank. It matters. Do do we close the game on defense? Yeah. Do we have this lead. Did we keep this lead to finish the game? It doesn't matter all the times about the stats. Yeah. So that should be their challenge. Uh, I think coach uh, coach is going to definitely give them more confidence in that for them to really take their game to another level to be able to finish those games. Yeah, I, I think that's a very important point. It it is about how you finish games. And last season was really tough. There were a lot of games where the defense was just playing lights out and the offense couldn't sustain drives. They couldn't put up points early. There were poor coaching decisions that were made. You know, I, I was I was there week one in Seattle um, and it was it was a rough scene. Um, but those are those are the things that are really important. It You've said it perfectly. It doesn't matter where you rank. You could be the best defense in the league. You could be the worst defense in the league. But if you don't finish games, you're not going to win. Simple as that. Yeah. Uh, last question on this. Was this the best hire for the Broncos? I, I know that you said it's the yeah. number one choice, but as far as the organization goes, um, you know, he, he obviously it's Sean Payton. He brings that Super Bowl ring with him. Um, he's got that pedigree, that reputation, his staff that he built. Do you like, what do you think about this? Do you think that this was the best choice for the organization? Do you think that uh, the people that he brought in are going to elevate this team? Or do you think it, there were there was somewhere that maybe they could have upgraded better? Yeah, I think he I think he did a solid job with his staff, you know, being able to bring in VJ, the guy that has experience yeah. in Denver, who's coached some of the guys that are still on the team. And, you know, that I think he has respect in Denver. I think he does, you know. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fans, you know, even though they wanted to fire him, you know, a lot of fans didn't want to fire him and still yeah. believe that he didn't get a fair shot. And uh, yeah. you can really argue both ways. And But I think uh, VJ coming there is, is a big high for him, a guy that knows his way around there, that understands how um, how Broncos country works and understands these players. It's going to be able yeah. to motivate those guys and keep and keep them upbeat you know that's a player's coach even though you have a strict coach you know you still can have some some player coaches within the your coaching staff yeah. and i think that's yeah. going to be huge for him i think um they're, they're definitely the number one choice uh i can't remember i think they had the eagles d coordinator he went somewhere yeah uh, he uh yeah they were talking both to their him. coaches both their coordinators yeah. went somewhere they were solid. Um, I like the Eagles or OC. I think he went to Stiking. the Colts. Yep. Yeah, just because I be crazy. Uh, we played against him tons in with uh, Philip Rivers. That was Philip yeah. Rivers' guy. Yeah. So uh, I know they're they're uh, they're gonna have a solid offense with the Colts with them, but I think the number one when it comes down to criteria resume, uh, we got the number one coach for sure. Yeah, and, and Justin, we we talked about this before the show, but Justin was talking about it. Uh, at his last media availability about the difference between Vance as the head coach and Vance as the DC, you know, yeah. a little bit more focus uh, on the defensive side of the ball. 
can be so beneficial because it's it's educate he called it uh educational every uh, every meeting every rep everything is so focused on that technique i think that this is such a great thing for vance i'm i'm happy that he's getting this opportunity and i'm happy that Sean Payton recognized uh talent where talent was due i know vance was in talks yeah. to for a couple head coaching gigs and and i'm sure that you know maybe even after this season um uh, he'll be a candidate for some head coaching jobs so love that uh i want to get into our last segment of the show we are going to call this guy the no fly zone with chris harris jr this is going to be all about you chris this is going to be all about your brain as an NFL player, your time as an NFL player. Um, and then we're just going to get into more of the mental side of it, more of the actual experience of it. Because I think when a lot of people look at you, they say, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, it's an NFL player. It's a Super Bowl champion. It's, you know, da, 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 da. I want to get into, I want to get into Chris Harris Jr., the man, the player, and uh, the role model that a lot of people see you as. So the, the first part of this segment is going to be the best wide receiver that you have faced. Yep. If it's more than one, let, let's, let's call it three, but give me, give me like your, your top yep. wide receiver that you faced. Man, I got to give you three, man. I'll give All right. You give Tony me three. Brown, let's go. Oh Kyrie yeah. Hill and uh, Calvin Johnson. Oh, Man, I could really throw AJ Green and Julio. Yeah, you know oh. all those guys, man. Just because you know, every time I had to, I had to face AJ almost every year <laughs> uh, since we were in the league. You know, um, going against uh, Tyreek Hill. You know, yeah. watching him um, grow as a receiver. You know, when he mm -hmm. first came in, he could barely, he couldn't even get off our jams. Yeah, you know, but just seeing how he evolved, going against AB. AB's um, no, I think anybody would say he's a first ballot hall of famer you know yeah. when it comes to talent and what he could do on the field matched up with big ben so mm -hmm. you uh, you know when you have a guy that can just put it in your chest and you're as a talent like a b those are a hard combination so uh it's all up it's and and that's what made tyreek hill go to another level too yeah getting a guy like patrick mahomes that can just lob lob it out there seven yeah. yards and you flick know of the just, wrist. It, just with the flick of the wrist so yeah. a lot of these times it's not just the receiver it's their quarterback too you know, that's what made Gronk and Brady so hard to, you know, to stop is oh. they, they had a, it's the combination, man. So yeah. those would be my toughest battles. And um, they didn't, they won and I won a lot too. So we're yeah. not going to just say they, they just <laughs> schooled me every time. It, it, hey. it definitely didn't happen like that. <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like AJ Green doesn't get mentioned enough as one of those like tougher receivers uh in the yeah. nfl because i feel like his you know his career was kind of overshadowed by guys like calvin johnson who was just a monster but aj green had a crazy stretch there in in cincinnati and and i know he had carson and then he had uh and did he have carson he might have had carson or like for uh, one year he had um uh, i think he had he came in with andy dalton oh okay so he came in with yeah. dalton so i mean still like but Andy Dalton was a good enough quarterback to where it was like yeah. AJ Green could make him look solid. And then, you know, Calvin Johnson's just that's Megatron, man. Yeah. Um, but so the toughest wide receiver that you had to battle, let's talk about your toughest 
personal challenge uh, as an NFL player. And and when I say toughest challenge, this is, it's, it can be something that happened on the field. It can be something that happened in the locker room. It can also be something that happened in your personal life. And I think that this is, this is something that, Mm -hmm. you know, a a lot of fans need to understand is, is you are people too. Um, It's not, it's not just like, a guy that they see on TV or, or someone that they see on a stat sheet or someone that they see in Madden, you're, you're a human being with, with challenges, with feelings. So what was your toughest personal challenge as an NFL player? Yeah, man, I'm gonna start since we're, we'll be doing this a lot. Um, I'll probably start with the beginning, you know, as a rookie, uh, my toughest challenge is, uh, you know, having the lowest signing bonus coming into the league, you know, and to, to our team that year, um, yep. having, that was my first challenge, uh, being able to, uh, make the team as an undrafted player, the last one on the team. And, you know, knowing that I got to find a way through special teams to be able to make this team. And a lot yeah. of you guys are in an undrafted situation. They're getting ready for mini camp. You have training camp coming in a couple months. And the best way as a guy for a, that's on the lower totem pole right now, lower on the depth chart. Is to make it and find a role on special teams. That would be your best challenge, right? Your best, your fastest way to make it on the team. And I took that as my personal challenge is I'm going to lead the team in tackles during this training camp in special teams. And I was able to do that. And from there, uh, you know, I had to build confidence in myself. Can I really go out here and play against, uh, you know, a Calvin Johnson mm-hmm. or a top receivers out here at that time. You had time, to face Demarius know. Thomas in practice, man. A DT, like... Eddie Royal, you know, yeah. Brandon Lloyd. You know, we oh. had D. Lloyd at that time. Um, man, I'm just hands. trying to think all the receivers that we had to face, mm-hmm. you know, um, out the gate. So um, going uh, going through those, you know, having great vets, you know, Champ, Brian Dawkins, uh, yeah. Goody. I had another vet, uh, Andre yeah. Goody. And he played 10 years, you know, having good vets to give me confidence and say, hey, man, you can play in this league. You can you can truly cover. You can play multiple positions. We're going to need mm-hmm. you out here on the field with us. Yeah. And um, that sprouted a lot of confidence in me to uh, to be able to overcome that challenge is, am I good enough to play in this league? And I think yeah. that's the first step. Um, that's one of the first steps for guys is having that confidence, having that belief in you to be able to be a player in this league and to be able to play for a long time. So those are my major challenges uh, coming in. The first, you know, I had to come in yeah. undrafted, make the teams. That's my first challenge to go in the league. And then we'll just keep going as we go. Yeah. Undrafted free agent to Super Bowl yeah. champion. Not a lot of people can say that in the NFL. Last piece here. Yeah. As a, as a high school coach, and I appreciate you saying uh, the special teams bit because as a yeah special teams coach that is the hardest thing to get kids to do is special teams no one wants to do it and i'm like guys you can go (laughs) you could literally go to college based off of your special teams film um so one piece of advice for young dbs and this is high school maybe juco college young dbs one piece of advice on or on or off the field what do you have Man, let's talk about technique. I think uh, fundamentals is something that will take you a long ways in the NFL or college or high school, you know, becoming an elite player in high school is fundamentals. And one thing that I see a lot of, you see a lot of younger players do, a lot of younger kids 
doing in their training, they're doing drills that don't um, relate to how you're going to play on the football field, right? Yeah. So it's trying to find drills, different techniques, practice staying square in your press, having good eyes, good feet work, um, things, things that are going to be how you move on the field. Like uh, you see a lot of people just have, I call them cone warriors, mm-hmm. right? They just put a cone, cone, cone here, cone here, and think they can just make a drill up that's going to pertain to football. And it doesn't work like that. So you have to find drills, um, find things that are going to be able to pertain to how you play. If yeah. I play cover three, find me some drills that is going to per, uh, pertain to relate to how nice. I play cover three in a game. And these are things that I see a lot of younger players, a lot of younger kids not doing. And that's the main thing. Work on your fundamentals and the things of how it can relate to the football field or to any sport that you're doing to be able to make you be a a better player. Yeah, I love that. That's perfect advice from a Super Bowl champion. If you're a, a high school DB that's listening to this right now, take these notes. These are important. So that finishes our first episode of Let's Ride. We will be back with another one. We're gonna talk about Broncos free agency and the Broncos draft picks. Till next time, I am Patrick Chioti. For my co-host, Chris Harris Jr., follow us on Twitter. Let's ride. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.